0: It's Amber Love here and I just want to give you a little tip before we start the show and that um, this is a discussion that does involve mental health and as such includes things like depression, anxiety, and self-harm. So please be aware of that before you keep listening. And Howie Knoll has been on the show before discussing this project, Float, which is his graphic novel about anxiety. And we've had this discussion about mental health and what went into the book before. But I figured there's always a new listener to Vodka Clock, and always somebody who's maybe not familiar with Howie's work. So um, even though we recovered some ground that we've covered before, um, it just is always a great conversation to have. Plus, there's new information about how to get Float and where to see Howie in the future.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Vodka Clock Podcast. Today will be super special, but first I have to give a shout out of thanks to all the backers at patreon.com slash amberunmasked who keep things over here operating. I have new stories out in the Adventures with Gus series, which is posted right on amberunmasked.com, so they're free to read. Plus, my very first attempt at writing horror. It's called Misty Murder. It's only 99 cents on Kindle, but Patreon backers got it early as a bonus reward. So, speaking of horror, back on the show is my dear friend and kindred spirit, Howie Knowles, back. Hi. Hey. Hey. So, yeah, so my first attempt at horror is out, and it might suck. But I was just proud to get it done because I've tried to write horror stories maybe – three or four times and get, like, a paragraph or a page and give up. So I was just glad to get this as something that's done, even if it's terrible.
2: Well, I mean, horror is a uh, wide-open genre. So, uh, first of all, I'd like to welcome you to it. And uh, second of all, I, I don't know. I, I guarantee it's not bad, but, you know, horror – Uh, A lot of it is bad, and that's the best part of it.
1: That's true. Yeah, that that is true. Um, I was watching the Psych episode last night, um, and and I can't even watch it because it disturbs me so much, so I actually turned it off. But it's one from the last season where they do the spoof on Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. But it's really weird because there's a lot of zombies in it, and – So, it's just, like, it's so disturbing. It's just, it's such a disturbing episode of Psych because they they do some really great Halloween episodes. And, but it's one where, like, Gus's mind is all fucked up because he hasn't slept. So, he's just basically going insane. And, um... It's like, oh, I like the funnier ones where, like, the guy truly believes he's a werewolf and his sister runs the little pagan shop, you know. <laughs> like the, I like that one. That was
2: funnier. <laughs> the fun thing about Nightmare on Elm Street is it was actually it's based on a real story uh, in a way because Wes Craven saw a news clipping about, I believe it was, a, like, a young guy in Japan. He died in his sleep from terror, and he claimed he was being chased by a guy in a hat. Ooh. I don't know if get the fingers for knives. I forget, but it was an actual news clipping that inspired Wes Craven to come up with Freddy. So it's pretty awesome because um, you know um, the nightmares is where you know a lot of people don't feel safe. You know when they're having a bad dream. So it was a, that's a brilliant idea. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I've have
1: had I've had ter- such terrible nightmares lately too. So it was just one of those things where I'm like, oh my god, oh my god.
2: Probably because you're doing horror. Probably I get bad dreams when I start doing like paranormal stuff. And then it'll go away. Like, I didn't have bad dreams when I was working on Float. But if I start, and I start working on Terranor, I'll start having this night terror thing where I'm not fully asleep yet, and I think, like, bugs are in the room or something.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's the bug thing, mostly. And it's not because of writing the horror story. It's because of writing Gus's biography. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Gus, the spiders you're seeing and the real bugs. Yes,
1: the spiders and the real bugs. Like, yesterday, um, for example uh this is if you guys go to com, i have the adventures with gus there there's a little um tag in the cloud called cats just click on that and it'll bring them up um, so yesterday there was this spider on the garage bay door that was so enormous to me it to, my brain registered it as monster size and um a week ago i had a horrible nightmare because I saw people tweeting about the movie It. And I haven't read it or seen it ever, and I don't think I could possibly handle it. But um, but somebody tweeted, and I don't know if this is a real spoiler or not, so just beware, um, that it's not really a clown. It's a spider demon projecting a clown. So I had a horrible, horrible nightmare about a spider, like, the size of a desk, basically, on top of a guy's head like, suffocating him, you know, alien style. And I, I mean, like, I woke up freaked out from that. And, um, and then yesterday a cicada started to, like, fall. It came really close to my head or hit my, I don't know if it hit my head or if it hit a leaf that hit my head. And Gus came running over and pounced on it and then ate it. So I almost threw up from that. So twice yesterday I had nearly throwing up in the woods incidents.
2: Why don't go camping?
1: Yeah, no, camping sucks. Camping camping is for people pretending to be poor and homeless. I don't understand it.
2: If you're scared of the It, you should just watch the old TV movie because it's aged.
1: Oh. It's I mean. aged
2: the best, so you could watch that.
1: I didn't realize they made a TV so, movie.
2: Oh, yeah, there's a TV miniseries and Tim Curry's in it. He plays Pennywise, who's It, the clown. Oh, and oh. It's worth seeing just for Tim Curry.
1: Okay, I didn't know that was, like, uh, on, on TV. I thought that was a feature film release. No, it was
2: on ABC, and it was, like, so it's, like, so like four hours long.
1: So it's, it's got to be, like, dumbed down a bit for, for network back then. Well,
2: I mean, it's pretty close. They just, um, because it's TV budget, so effects are, like, the end effects, the spider you're talking about is bad. Yeah. Like, so, uh <laughs> like, that's that that doesn't aged well, but that might make you be able to deal with it better. That's true. Because it not aged well.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then so and then this morning, Mother Nature was not bug related, but um, Gus was climbing on a tree, and I went to pick him up, and just thinking, I was reaching through some harmless weeds. They were stinging nettles, and so I broke out in these blisters, and it it still hurts. Half a day later, because this was at 6 o'clock in the morning, no, 6.30 in the morning. And, um, so I have these, um, they, it looks like I got stabbed by a bunch of needles, um, on my arm. Like um, a, you know, like a heroin addict or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's heroin without any of the, uh, Supposed a good size that they claim that they have.
1: Yeah, so my hand, my my wrist is still um, tingling from that. I'm like, Mother Nature just hates me. Like nature in general hates me. The only reason I leave the house and go out of doors is because of the cat. So I know you like to be inside, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, do the dogs like to go out though?
2: Well, you have to walk them, so you you have to take them or I take them around the block. But um, so there's not there's not a chance of me uh, running into stinging nettles, thankfully, or, you know, but, uh, there are other people which I cross the street because I'm, that's the way I am. Okay. <laughs> like, I get annoyed if somebody's coming at me, so I have to cross. But, a- and it's worse when somebody has a dog because Mullah doesn't like other dogs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they don't
2: stop. Like, people will just walk up to you. Like, nobody cares that maybe your dog doesn't like dogs. You know? You know, So it's just one of those, my pet peeve is people that walk their dogs right up to other people with dogs.
1: Yeah. Like, they had um.
2: I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody
1: does this, but I know that they were. You know, people were trying to have a, like a code of etiquette about that, where the leash colors indicated whether the dog was um, like not friendly or friendly. It was like uh, like traffic signal colors: red, huh. red, yellow, and green.
2: Yeah, that's a good idea. But I, you know, what the problem is, people don't care.
1: No, nobody cares. <clears throat>
2: there would be other sensitive people understanding, but really, they just. Or their dog's crazy and they don't get it. You know, like Hogan had been attacked before because of other owners, I guess, know their dog's horrible and they don't care. You know, like it's just things like that. If your dog's really violent, maybe just keep him away from other dogs.
1: Well, so that, that really worried me because um, there's a state park nearby and we used to take Rocky to it and we would have him on his leash like you're supposed to. There's a big sign when yeah. you walk in. And yet people and it just happened to be a coincidence i'm not I'm not saying this is that they, they aren't friendly, but it was always 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 pit bulls off leash, and they would come they were friendly, they'd come running up to him they oh yeah to
2: they're usually friendly dogs
1: they just they want to meet him and everything, and that poor dog would get so scared because he's just like immediately there's this giant face in his nose, and he you know he didn't know what to do and um but it's like, oh, my God, there's a fucking sign when you walk in. Keep your dog on a leash. So we oh,
2: – we, They don't listen to signs. Yeah. They don't care if pit bulls are lost.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I mean, it's just one of those things I'm like, I don't know. Like, I understand your dog's friendly and licking me, and it's adorable, but, you know, there's a fucking sign. Um, and also,
2: you got to be aware that people – there's a stigma with pit bulls because of owners. I mean, so maybe understand that. Why do you think there's Facebook groups pre- – Protecting pit bulls because owners have raised them, you know, have raised them terribly.
1: Yes, exactly, and that's. do
2: you know what an animal's going to do? You don't. So you have to watch your dogs. Like you know, not usually like a pug; they don't do anything. But I'm saying like other do- you don't know. You never know when a dog's going to get scared.
1: Yeah, and this for. was this was not the dog park. Like there is an actual dog park somewhere nearby, and that you know I'm sure has its own dog-related rules. But um, I took Gus the other day to to this park, and I was that was my biggest fear was oh my god what if there's dogs there and there were there were two beagles on leashes with great owners and everything, but man, beagles are um, you know they're game dogs basically so they just howled you could be on the other side of the mountain and still hear these dogs howling. And yeah, un- my
2: grandfather raised those.
1: Oh, it was unbelievable. It sounded like they were being murdered. I'm like, oh, that's tough.
2: That's what Snoopy sounds like. That's what what? Snoopy's a beagle. Yeah. That's what he sounds like.
1: Yeah, he would. He would. (laughs) And uh, so Gus did really well, though. So there'll be um, just an adventure of Gus' story about going to the park. He did good. It's hard to believe, but he did. He uh,
2: He sounds like he did better than I would have.
1: Yeah, well, he did better than I want, wanted to because he goes off trail and luckily found another trail. <laughs> Cause I'm like, oh shit, where are we? And uh, and he just keeps going. He just, I mean like we could have ended up in the next county. Like he didn't care. He was just like, I fa- I am going this direction. <laughs> and uh, takes off. Following, just following the excitement and the adventure. It's like, alright guess. So he's a, he's a, you know, I guess, Somewhat brave because uh, every time humans were around, we we had to, like, pick him up and or he would go hide behind a tree until they were gone. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because I would love him to be a therapy cat, but it's like, dude, you got to be, like, nice to strangers if you're going <laughs> to ever do that.
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough. He doesn't like it. It doesn't sound like he wants to be around people. <laughs> no, yeah.
1: <No. laughs> Not really. He just wants to go off on his adventures. So it's, you know, hey, that might be what it, his, his uh, you know, fate and destiny is to just to have these stories written about him.
2: Yeah, maybe that's his job.
1: Yeah, it is his job. He's he's good. He was, um, he's been mole hunting, too. So we got those little critters. And so I started to call one Moldivort because it got away from him
2: going to
1: save him. Yeah, yeah, he's not great at the killing of things, so um, usually most things get away, <laughs> but that's, uh, so that's where we are, so I know that Float is, like, done and everything, and, and Terra Normal, there's, like, new, like, brand new news and stuff, so um, so even though I love talking about dogs and cats all day,
2: yeah, I'm sure
1: your fans want to know more about what's what's going on <laughs> with you.
2: Well, in addition to my pugs and uh their wonderful lives uh well we have uh float was finished and that's my anxiety uh graphic memoir and uh it's it's at it's overseas at the printer, so this is that wonderful time where you're hoping you get them. yeah you know and um it that's kind of been that's it's another challenge that comes along with creating and doing everything yourself that you just have to you have to handle all these to wear all these different suits. And uh, so we're getting everything else in. Um I just sent surveys out for Kickstarter. So everybody with the rewards, you just wait for everybody to send in their info. So, like, I have to order the shirts, you know. So we're going to have different periods over the next two to three months of shipping stuff out. So I'm hope, well, I am hope – well, it will be. Uh, we'll start shipping early in October for some stuff, you know, like digital rewards and stuff can go out that month. And people who just got the book – but like things with shirts, you gotta wait for all the shirts, you gotta make sure everybody answered their survey and stuff. But we got um, so I'm waiting for the books to come in. They're supposed to give me a select few ahead of time for uh New York Comic Con, which I'll be at um, in Artist Alley at table H seven. So uh we should have some float there, like uh uh an assortment of it. So if you want float you can get it there. Uh if you got got it through Kickstarter, you can pick up your copy there too. Um hopefully we'll have a good amount and then uh i got i got fun stuff in like postcards and bookmarks uh which was a stretch goal so that kind of stuff it's fun to see come in you know like we have all the stickers and buttons and all that good stuff so uh it's just about waiting for the books
1: and i you have news on the soundtrack thing right
2: yeah, the soundtrack uh by my friend Victor Guest is done and we got it made. Um I went and picked up all the CDs and we brought it to his his place in upstate New York and he signed all 500 copies, which was uh, it was wonderful. And it actually went way quicker than I thought it would. What
1: Victor, that's
2: <laughs> He complained. He complained a good, fair amount as artists are one to. Do, <laughs> but he did it all, and uh, it was it was fun to see him because I have to. I, I made him feel better because I have to draw sketches in all the books. Right. You know? so I have to. It's going to take me longer uh, to do my signing and stuff. But it was cool. It was a, It's been a dream of mine to have a finished like album for him and to be um, to help produce it and get it actually made into, uh, you know, a physical thing, because I'm still into that. I'm still old school where I like a physical copy of things. So it's cool that um, to hold it in your hand, and to hold the CDs, CDs came out great, and uh, all the backers who pledged the reward levels of 25 and up will get a copy of that CD.
1: That's cool. So what made you choose the CD instead of something like a little jump drive with the tracks on it?
2: It actually is cheaper than okay. a jump drive. I would. My mind was blown. Like my mind was blown. We looked into everything, and a uh, USB drive. It was cheaper. Which hmm. <laughs> is gets crazy. Cool. I have never thought that because we looked at branded things like that. We looked at vinyl, and um, and it was decided like we're giving digital copies too because a lot of people don't have CD players. Um, right. Cars don't have them, and you know stuff like that. But uh, uh, you'll get that too, and. It'll be a thing to have, but you're also getting them, you know, digitally. So you'll have it. You know, you won't have to worry about bringing your CD somewhere.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, like even a lot of the, the books, once they're finished books, people give them to you in the, whatever the print format is, whether it's hardcover or softcover, and then you get the PDF, too, just to have. Yeah. And, um, you know, that way you can have something on your shelf undamaged.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was. It was weird looking into what we were gonna present the music with because I, you know, I thought about the drive and it would be cool if it was the flow color and it had a logo on it, but it was like seriously more expensive than making CDs. And they yeah. have a jacket and everything. It's just odd. I don't know. It's a weird. It's just a weird thing. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and like vinyl would be a whole separate Kickstarter if you want to do that.
1: Oh, i sure.
2: You know, and and not everybody has a record player.
1: No, that's that's a niche group. That's yeah. sort of, you know, people that are really really into uh, collecting. Um, so so that's in different stages there because you, every product is going to take its own like um you know production time, but um, there was something recently. I think it was like. I can't it might, maybe it was last month it was I saw that it was like mental health awareness month or something or depression awareness month, I don't know and um and I was you know I always think of your work and i and I wondered if if any of that those awareness days, weeks, months ever really made any kind of difference.
2: I think in May it did um that was like uh, an anxiety awareness uh week. I think that helped a lot that got people talking about it and in October we're, we're planning to once again, bring attention to that. October 11th, October 10th is a uh, world mental health day. Um, so that's, we're working, trying to get, you know, attention for media and stuff like that and interviews. And we're going to be doing a signing the next day at comic book, Jones Staten Island to uh, bring more attention to the subject. Um, Because I just think it's good to spread the word. There's a lot of these days, like, I think with social media, you know, it's National, I don't know, Coffee Day and stuff like this. You know, I never even heard of these things. But
1: when
2: when it's for a good subject, you know, like mental health, um, I'll I'll gladly participate. I, I know a lot of groups are... Uh, in October, are, are up, uh, they're going to up the efforts with hashtags and stuff. So um, I'll definitely be participating in that. And that goes along. I'll be talking about it when I'm at New York Comic Con. Because the more, uh, you know, the more, if it brings awareness, it's great, you know. And um, I think there's just a the problem with everything having a day. It, it gets people jaded, you know. It got so jaded, I saw somebody asking whether like kind of making fun of the ice bucket challenge and that actually brought millions of dollars in awareness, you know, to, to that. Right. To so that actually worked. So no reason to be, you know, snarky. Um, it's actually a really, really good thing. Uh It actually showed it's, it, it could help. So that's what, you know, hopefully by doing this thing with things you care about, I think all the other things, you know, they just, everything's a day. Oh, it's, it's Best Friends Day. It's like, I think, I don't know what that's for. Just so, I, maybe it's created by these social media companies so you're posting something. You I get, yeah,
1: it could be. I mean, I used to blame everything on Hallmark, but, you know, they don't they don't have cards for Enjoy Your Depression Day.
2: <laughs> they should. They should. Buy myself one. It would be awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but there is, there's, you know, like Waffle Day and Pancake Day and Talk Like a Pirate Day and, and all that. Yeah. So I didn't know if, if, if the awareness days, if anything ever got lost, especially versus things like um, – because we used to always do the, the fundraisers at the comic shop for domestic violence, and then we started doing them for the foster families. And um, so it just seems like domestic violence was one of those things where, A, nobody wants to talk about it, and, B, um, it was overshadowed by breast cancer uh, awareness so because they were the same month. So it was uh, – you know, it's just one of those things where it's like nobody wants to talk about the ugly stuff. You know, like
2: yeah. Well, they don't want to believe it happens too. That's another thing. Um, I get sad when, uh, like I don't even know this dude's name. I'd never seen him before. He's some kickboxer, and he tweeted out that depression's not real. Yeah, some, yeah. A guy he gets kicked in the head all the time. So
1: exactly, yeah. I saw that, and it just aggravated me so much
2: yeah, but he gets like two hundred retweets, and I don't know why and then um and it's just about you know, thank God there's people like j k. Rowling, you know who sh- she'll uh speak against it. But I really think, are you really gonna convince that guy? It's not about that. it's about undoing the damage he's done by the reach he has,
1: yeah, I don't that's what it.
2: he it's the fact that you have two hundred people spreading this dumb message, you know, and it's on social media, and it gets picked up. But if I do something positive, you don't see these outlets sharing it. Right. They'll ignore my, they'll ignore my email when you send it out when you want something positive. No, let's, but they'll share that it's not real from a kickboxer,
1: boxer. Right.
2: You know, and that's so negative. And um, I can't cha- change the way the culture is as far as reporting stuff. But I can do my best by putting the story out there and reaching out to people and hopefully they get back. The hardest thing is spreading the word. And it's always been that, no matter what the book in it. And, but this one, I have something huge to believe in. So when I send this out, oh, that's my life story, you know. So I feel better sending out um, requests for media and stuff like that. It's just disheartening when you see a guy who, he's not a doctor, and he's just running out there with this reach, you know, of people and he could just say something blatant like that. And I've seen a, I saw a professional wrestler do that before too, a young woman. And it's just sad. It's pathetic, you know, because so many of performers in pro wrestling have depression. So many because they're performers and athletes, and uh, it's not made up. You know, I can't. I don't understand people that think things are made up. You know, when I know I know that just diving in and discovering this stuff is new and new things are tough to handle, but, uh, it's not made up, you know, when people can't move from it, they, they lose jobs, they lose people. It's not because they just aren't tough enough and just can't get over it. You know, it's so, it's so obnoxious and sad thinking. And then I start, you know, wondering, are these people also the flat earth people? And yeah. It, yeah. You know,
1: it's the they, yeah, they probably yeah. are.
2: So next time you think depression's made up, also ask yourself, is gravity real? Because it sounds exactly the same. My wife met somebody that honestly thinks gravity's a lie. And I wish I was at that party because I'd be like, let's go to the roof.
1: <laughs>
2: this is the task because if you can prove it's not real, I'll, I'll be right there. You know, um, because it's like, uh, this is what, this is, I don't know if it's social media. It might be because you think, used to be like you'd have to write something and see it in print. That's a big deal. It yeah. does something to people to see your stuff yeah. in print. That's well, true. now you get it. You know, you tweet something and it's there.
1: But and there, but there is such a um, a weight and belief. Well, first of all, we've seen what um, you know places like Infowars and Breitbart does. But but in all seriousness of of mental health, there was there's also the um, creepy pasta where those that one girl in particular and i think wasn't was she from new jersey she might have been um convinced her friend that they had to kill their their other friend to please slenderman in order to be taken back to his mansion because they read about it online
2: that's some insane that's some that's some true insanity right there yeah that's, i
1: mean and we're talking like 11 years old
2: yeah um it's odd That's like having to please bigfoot yeah. or something think bigfoot is more real way more real um but, <laughs> just you haven't gotten a good picture of them but
1: that's so, it i like, mean i watched that documentary though on Slenderman, and it was scary as hell because i tell you what these digital artists are so fucking amazing they make shit look so fucking real
2: photoshop's great
1: Photoshop, I mean, I mean,
2: and i like scary stories and i think i i like um the unknown and stuff but you made it up in your head that you have to kill someone. I mean, you know, so... But I want... Yeah, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre what people will just read. I mean, people are so quick now. They make their judgments real quick. Yeah. They little to no information.
1: And there's the, you know, especially, especially in somebody that vulnerable of an age, you know, this need to belong, you know, that I... I this, she must have just... Felt that desperate. The other girl they had, like, documented, um, like, learning disabilities of and mental health problems and and things. So the other girl was kind of a victim of the scenario, not only the girl who got stabbed, but, um, but it's like, you know, for this 11 year old mastermind, it's like, oh my God, you know, but it's like, I don't know, it's like, to say And then to say that things like mental illnesses aren't real, it's like, oh, my God, just shut up.
2: Yeah, it's I just uh, I, I look around and I, I, it makes me sad when somebody says that because uh, you just they clearly have had no brush with it. They've clearly had no one they knew they cared about. And that's what I hope, you know, by telling my story and sharing it and talking more about it, people begin to understand it's not this. It's, it's a very, it's a subject once you hear about it, you'll be able to empathize, you know, empathize, hopefully, because a lot of, it's millions of people going through it. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. I mean, and and just like five people that are like moping around. That's yeah. not it. It's just not it. I mean, it's just, but then they'll be all sad if, you know, when Ron Williams, he kills himself. Oh, how could that happen?
1: Yeah, I was going to, that's it exactly what I was going to bring up.
2: Yeah, it's real. Oh, so you, you, you get that. You know, and then you're like, I don't know how he could do that. Yeah. You know what? I, I do. I do totally understand how he could do that. I mean, that's the difference. Um, I totally get it. And it's just they didn't know why Chris Cornell would have killed himself. He seemed so happy. You know, and it's just.
1: um it's he, that's just it. I mean, so there's you know there's self harm, and there's also the um, the fact that you're way more likely to be a victim of violence than be the violent one, other than self harm. Um, especially as we've seen um, with police not understanding if somebody has a condition and they just make judgment that's too rash. Um, so I – but, yeah, I mean, the, the suicide rates of celebrities – and then when, when people do speak out about it, it's like, oh, you just want attention. And it's like, well, yes, I want attention on this subject to explain to you what it's like, like Jared Padalecki and – um say the other one? Wentworth Miller?
2: Yeah, it's great that they speak out because he has this huge attention and he's, uh, not only this, but on a separate thing, he's like super attractive. Yeah. So, you know, people assume that super attractive people don't have problems. They yes. just don't. They didn't. And, uh, so he's this good looking, charismatic guy, an actor that everybody loves, and he's open with what he has. Yeah. And, um, that helps his fans then in turn understand. And then a lot of them that also deal with it, they're, uh, you know, they feel stronger because he's like them. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that helps so much because you keep in it, being ashamed of it. That's what I want to get rid of, you know, that feeling of shame and stuff, because I already deal with that so much with everything, you know, that's like a huge part of my problem. Um, so uh he's doing wonderful work and, um, you know, just keep spreading the, the word about that. I think a lot of people don't um, and they don't talk about it enough. And uh, it's it's hard to. So I understand that, you know. Um, I think I went pretty far with Float looking back, you know, and when people see it, they'll realize. And I was like, oh, geez, I went a little far, <laughs> you know, because you share so much. But I think it'll be a good thing in the long run, you know. And uh, so they're already off to the printer, and I can't change it.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like Ellen Forney's uh, graphic novel, Marbles, is, is phenomenal, and it's so personal, and it shows, uh, it was about her struggle with bipolar disorder, and I, it might have even been, like, right when they were coming up with the name, it, you know, because it used to be manic depressive. Um, now they have, uh, like, bipolar 1 and bipolar 2 and, and, and all these breakdowns instead. So, you know, to see that in graphic novel form is phenomenal because the, the personal stories—it's not only personal, but then it's like that person's creative expression. You know, like you draw in your way, your own complete style. So it's like it, it's nothing like hers. And then there's one um, that I read a long time ago by Daryl Cunningham called "Psychiatric Tales." This guy actually like worked as a nurse. I, I I think he was a nurse. Can't remember what the title was because it was in England, so they have different names for their job titles in the healthcare there. And um, and he it took him years to realize that as he was helping all of these people day to day in his job, and he was describing them in his cartoons, that he was suffering, and it took him years to see it in himself. And you know, it's it, it's so different. Each person's take on it is going to be so different.
2: Oh yeah, and when I was making float um, during the making of it, I answered a, like a lot of. Uh, questions I had and I solved a lot of things because it, it's like art therapy and it helped me, you know, come up with when I recognized what I was my first anxiety attack and it was in first grade and you know, and the things afterwards, like the behavior that wouldn't be deemed normal, um, and my reactions to things, mm-hmm. you know, it affects everything. It affects every reaction I had. You know, when I was, uh, why did I feel more than other people and stuff like that? Um, it, 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 it coded everything. And the debris, uh, left in its wake was a, like a lot of friendships, a lot of jobs, a lot of relationships. And this book, hopefully, you know, will be attributed to that.
1: Oh, well, one of the things I wanted to ask, I don't know if I ever asked you this before about this project, was, um, your choice in going full color instead of, instead of just identifying um because it's such a serious topic that it's going to be black and white or that it's going to be black white with only a dynamic color like red you know Mm -hmm. you you know you're full color on this and i was wondering what the choices if you you know what the if you had any thought to it or if you just knew right away it was going to be color
2: I knew it was going to be color cuz I had done I'd played with things in the past um with Scoo- Mr. Scoodles It goes from black and white to color and then my uh my horror comic Vincent the Painter of Death has just red with black and white and uh for this one I knew like right away that that color was going to be important cuz it'll play off uh the depressing parts and it'll also play off when he's at the Island Resort and everything's supposed to be tropical and bright, but he's still having these issues, you know, and I really wanted that, that contrast between those things. And, um, I wanted to, the color just, it spoke to me, that color of water and the calm that I want, you know, that was the float color and that's what's on the the hardcover and, you know, and, and on the inside a lot. And, uh, also, um, I wanted to do things differently that, that I've seen because a lot of people, you know, they tell their story in a different way, you know, like when they, when they draw their anxieties like a scribbly monster or something. And um, I really wanted to portray mine as something charismatic and, um, you know, s- seductive so that you'd understand why I kept falling for it. So a lot of it's supposed to play to people that don't understand what anxiety is, you know, because I don't want those people to be silenced if they question it. I want them to learn. You know, Mm -hmm. I want them to educate it. I don't want them to just, oh, you're just making it up. You know, I want them to see, you know, and hopefully the book helps uh, people to understand why and what it's like. You know,
1: it it was interesting that you said like squiggly monster type, because that's um, I I did a script about it and um, I never went anywhere. It was just like like for homework and. Uh, and that's how I described it was was the depression was a black squiggly like ink monster, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I totally get that. And um, so I wanted to go in a different direction because um, that's just how uh, when other you know because there everybody's interaction with it will be different. You know, like Churchill, it was like a black monster. He said his depression, and uh, um, that's that's often repeated. So uh, with when talking about just the anxiety part, I wanted to separate it, you know, and uh, separate it from depression um, a bit. They go hand in hand, obviously. But um, I just wanted to dive with this one specific part and give it attention.
1: Yeah. And like you said, because you do have your the worm character um, that comes into play, and so, you know, he's pathetic looking and weak looking, and then, you, you know, versus <laughs> the other characters. Are... Yeah you know the other characters are are handsome and strong and like you said charismatic and um so but it's interesting because when you say that if you look at that as you know that's your your villain character uh, it, it reminds me of the different ways that the devil gets portrayed because the devil can either be monstrous and terrifying or it can be um you know very handsome and could be like Lucifer on you know, like on the T V show or supernatural, um, you know. But
2: um I've always understood yeah, I've always thought that if the devil he would be, you know, if you go through with the Bible and stuff, he was supposed to be a beautiful angel who fell. Right. Not, you know, and he has a lot of if you if you use that and you listen to the things that the ideas can be very seductive and that's you know uh so I don't, me personally, I don't understand being seduced by something that's a monster. You know? So I wanted to play with that. Where, yeah, he's evil, but he's also like this rock star. You know? And, and to go to it, you haven't read it, but, uh, that's how Pennywise gets him. He's a clown. So that's how he gets the first victim, Georgie, which everybody knows it's in the trailer. So it's not really a spoiler, but he's a little clown. And he, he's in the yeah. sewer. But the kid's drawn to him because it's a clown. You know? And he, he jokes around with him. So it's that, it's that whole idea of, uh, you know, just something, something, the, the, to, to, to discuss the seduction of it, you know, and why would you listen to it? Because that's what, that's what, uh, the people that don't understand, they don't understand why would you, you know, listen to these bad thoughts or something. And it's something I struggle with continually. I mean, that's, it's been going on for, you know, decades. <laughs> that that yeah. I get these thoughts in my head and, uh, they're bad, negative thoughts and, you know only through therapy and constantly working on it do you recognize this is a bad thought you know this is a bad train of thoughts this isn't this fear isn't real
1: and so this brings me to Terra Normal because this is a character um, where she basically leads a team of uh, of monster hunters and that, and you have all different kinds of <laughs> of characters, including David Bowie. <laughs> um, so so there's, when when it comes to writing something that's obviously very different and fictional, like Terra Normal, um, how do you decide what her monsters are going to be?
2: Um, with that, I go, she, so, she, you know, as I worked on Float and I looked back, I recognized <laughs> that ch- I created her because she's Fearless. Um, she still makes mistakes, you know, but she's fearless. So that's that's the one trait, you know, and I'd like to be like that. Um, her monsters are, they're personal because in the the first of the new graphic novels, she has to solve her mother's death and it's a demon. You know, so you get into that, uh, a demon who's uh, portraying himself as a priest, which should be a, a friendly thing. And he's not, you know, he's a, he's a he's he's a, a demon in the guise of a normal person, so that I wanted him to look you know once again similar where he's kind of he's not evil looking but what underneath is evil um but as far as the ghouls that she fights um I try to go with fun uh classic monster movie things, you know how they're gonna look, so the ghouls will be like really creepy uh creatures made of um just darkness and shadows and like they're moving constantly, but their faces are these skull like creatures and they're always dripping, uh, maggots cause I hate maggots. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I can't stand them. And so I put that in there. Something I don't like. I'll put in with something like that. Um, if she's going to fight like other stuff is very fun. 80s inspired, you know, where back in the eighties, the, uh, Horror stuff used to be fun, you know, so you have like, ghoulies and gremlins and stuff like that. So while it's creepy, it still has a fun side in it, I think. I think that's what I go for.
1: That's cool. Yeah. And it's it's a, a release, too, if you can. Uh, sort of like um, in Harry Potter when they they take that Bogart and they, they use the ridiculous uh, spell in order to make it something so laughable that you're no longer afraid of it. So, um, you know, like the – like it was a spider with roller skates, so it couldn't keep its balance, or Snape in in drag, you know, like some of these grandmothers' outfit or something. Um, and, it, and I think that – I think laughter itself is an amazing form of, of stress relief. Um, that's why I will – just notoriously watch the same shows over and over again especially if I'm having a shitty day. It's like I'm, you know, I'm having nightmares, you know, something like something stupid like 30 Rock is going to go on <laughs> and play for a few hours so I can try to get back to sleep.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely and I I I find if I don't if I'm not creating something I get really unhappy. And if I'm not distracted by working, you know, um that's where my thoughts will go to making up, you know, bad stuff. And uh I noticed that happened when I finished Float, and the month afterwards was horrible, like a uh-huh. mess, you know, because it was yes. this huge purge, and I was working towards something. And it took about a month to do a recovery from that. You know, it was freak—it was freaky to experience. Because um, usually I just dive into the next thing.
1: Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's actually why I hate the editing process of my books, because I don't feel like I'm – creating anything new it's just reworking this you know the same thing and it gets tiring to me and and i and it's more depressing than if i were to just say okay i don't care if it's garbage i'll jump onto the next story
2: yeah editing is uh i have i do work with a good editor and i was what what i had a problem with was since i write and draw and color uh when i did Two, I did a straight, Terranormal 2, I did a straight-up script, and you were never done, and it was like you were reworking the thing four times.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, and it was so, that's why most comics have a full team. I mean, who in their right mind <laughs> <laughs> wants to do that? And, you know, and really going through it, it took a lot of the fun out for me, and, I, and that's, there's no point in doing it unless you're having fun. You know, and it became like a chore, and I don't want it to become like that again. So I'm changing up the process a bit. And with Float, it was – um I made it as I went. Like, I knew where everything goes, you know, and I had stuff sketched out. But I really f- let it – it was really wonderful because I did it as it went. You know, so what you get to see is, like, how it's coming out. And it worked. And that's what I enjoyed more than doing – because there's no rule book. There's no rule book in how you create um, graphic novels. So um, you don't have to follow the size that people make them in. You don't have to follow. There's no official script format for, for comic book scripts. Right. And getting caught up on that, you know, just do it your way, you know, and have fun with it because there's, there's really no point to do it unless you're enjoying yourself
1: that's true. I mean, you can't go into into an entertainment field like that and then be miserable. That would that's just It's set
2: know? up so you're be miserable. So why you got to yeah. you got to I mean, yeah, you already
1: have a lot of rejection in that in that field anyway, so a lot of rejection and and worrying about sales and and worrying about if people like it. So there's already that built in into the scenario. so if yeah. if you if there's even more then just go like be an accountant or something, go do taxes. I don't know,
2: yeah, I just try to remind myself that Vincent van Gogh was never really fully discovered, you know, while he's alive.
1: no, and, it and was when he was dead,
2: yeah, yeah. and it, he and he was horribly depressed from it, you know, and he felt the same rejection that we all do. And he felt the same depression at nobody knowing who he was. And uh, you know, and then because that's that's just how it is. Sometimes you're never going to know, and you just have to get your mind. Uh, I have to just remind myself to stop thinking like that. And just do, just do the work, basically.
1: Mhm. And you know, just uh, leave everything to your wife. And then, should she not be there, everything gets left to the dogs. And then that way, the dogs will be in charge of this massive Howie Noel estate.
2: I also I well, I know my sister will get uh, after after my wife. It goes to it'll go to my sister. So I think she is the cunning that she could do something with. It. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like there will be a museum with a bar and you know, it like the buy it. I think
2: the uh, like because
1: they I don't know when it opened, but that um, Giger, the HR Giger, like oh yeah, there's like a museum slash bar.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> or, that would be wonderful. See, isn't that that's a good enough legacy?
1: Yeah. And it, and you know, like tourists flock to it because it's you know. Well, he was fucked up, man.
2: He enjoyed body parts.
1: Yeah, he did a lot. <laughs> yeah, especially female body parts.
2: He did. He really appreciated them.
1: Um, yeah, there was there used to be a special on on Netflix about him, but they probably took it off by now. Oh yeah,
2: I saw that. That was good. It
1: was great. Um. So yeah, if you like, you know, really, really that that level of creepy horror shit, that's the, that's an artist for you.
2: Yeah, basically, if you love Alien, you should watch that documentary.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I like happier, funnier horror. So, um, which?
2: <laughs> no one's funny, but in probably a different way than you think. <laughs>
1: um my book is not funny um i not this one anyway at, at least in the the mysteries i do try to have plenty of comic relief in there because i got to bring the tension down going up and down in a roller coaster with a series like that so um but in this uh this one little you know isolated individual book it's uh i don't know I don't know like I said I don't know if people get as scared as easily as I do. <laughs> you know,
2: no, I, mean, I I was really surprised I saw it uh this weekend and um I was surprised by how funny it was. Really. Yeah, yeah, really funny and a lot. you know the Richie is one of the characters he's the, he's also he's a kid from uh, Stranger Things and he's really really funny in it. Oh. I mean really. They talk like kids. Yeah. You know. Oh, and because it took place in 89 I was ever so, you know it was reminiscent of my own childhood as far as how the kids interacted and stuff. They still have that they they're they're fortunately stuck in a Stephen King town so everything's horrendous. you know <laughs> the face like from yeah. parental figures to bullies that are just psychopaths. like we were talking about the bullies that in that town should be you know in institutions like they're yeah. really horrific people like there's just, just not normal bullying. You know, yeah. as far as, that, like, I was like, oh, my God, you, these people you should call the cops for these. These bullies need, like, cops, not just a trip to the principal's office. Uh, that, oh, my God. That's how Stephen King writes people, and I just started to remember, I was like, uh, I guess because it's a horror book, you want to you want a horror version of life. You know, yeah. not a real version of life, as far as that.
1: It's, um... I hope
2: not. Jeez, I hope nobody was bullied like that That psychopath kid does. <laughs>
1: Um, well, yeah, like in Carrie, I did read Carrie, so, and I love that. That's it. some
2: crazy bullying, right? Like, that's hey,
1: crazy bullying. That's elaborate.
2: That's, I don't know bullies that are that elaborate. They might soak yeah. in a car or something, but.
1: Well, see, nowadays they're, they're just like evil with technology, oh, you know. like
2: kind of, yeah, that's why I'm really, I was really fortunate to get away from that. I, I lucked out. We weren't all, all on.
1: We weren't online then. Yeah. Thank God. God
2: tape I tape me embarrassing myself and stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, but I will say that Misty Murder. Speaking of it, Misty Murder um, was created because it was uh, during the the rash of uh, clown sightings that was so prevalent. They were they were on the news every day where the clown sightings were. And so what I did to not completely copy the clown sightings in the news was I made it a scarecrow. So there are scarecrow sightings.
2: Oh, well, cool. yeah, the clown sightings are unnerving. I yeah. they do that in the wrong uh city though they'll get beat up, so I mean you don't <laughs> it only works in suburban areas i think you, you do that in the wrong <laughs> you, you in a city like you know i I think if you dressed as a clown like in Brooklyn and stuff we're well, nobody we're not gonna stand for that.
1: or they'll just ignore you like yeah. and, I mean you know weird
2: stuff all the time it's true like you you, you know, like square dressed as a creepy clown, and nobody'll blink an eye.
1: Well, that's just it. I was going to say, you go to Times Square and it's just like, you know, fake Elmo, uh, you know, masturbating in an alley or something. Right, right. I don't know how
2: a clown will go over in Newark. I don't know. I don't know. They should. But see, this all plays with Internet gags and how people you never seen where they try to prank people and they just get the crap kicked out of them. <laughs> They've got the wrong group. You know, it's just I can imagine somebody tried the clown thing and just was never heard of again. If you went into the wrong city.
1: <laughs> That's true. Um, it would have to be, you know, it would have to be something that that area uh, at least has has an affection for in some kind of way. Humor. Um, <laughs> humor. Yeah. Well,
2: sometimes when people get scared, they get angry and immediately hit. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Some people run or somebody, some, some snap reactions are just a punch. It's just yeah. you, can't, you can't know how you're going to react. So you never know. Like, I've watched way too many uh, prank uh, prank shows on the internet, so.
1: Well, it's funny, you know, because we were talking about my, my terrible skin dilemma, and, I mean, which is just numerous at this point. Like, I mean, I feel like I should be able to molt like a snake. Um, I, I noticed when I was looking up how do I treat stinging nettles, um, that there are idiots all over YouTube that think it's a fun dare to strip down as much as possible and then see which one of them is, you know, dumb enough to be videoed jumping and landing in a grove of stinging nettles. It's like, what? and it's always boys, you know, it's all, like, I mean, just with the jackass type stuff. Like, yeah. you just, come on. That
2: inspired a lot of bad things.
1: You know, like the cinnamon challenge I've heard of. And, and then there's like stupid shit like lighting yourself on fire and, you know thinking you can put it out in time.
2: Yeah, I never was I'd never be into that.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's the you know, YouTube with or because everybody has a camera on them at all times now. So, it, 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 I think
2: it, if they want to be famous and it goes into the oversharing and stuff.
1: hmm
2: Uh um, it's
1: being famous for good reasons and then being famous for doing something stupid as fuck, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all the same now, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. People forgave uh, Sean Spicer, right? It's
2: a, it's everything's a work uh, in the world, and the quicker people realize that, um, the better it is for all of us. I think it's, I think entertainment and reality is blurred now yeah. more than ever.
1: More than ever, and I, that's why I don't. I completely understand people that want to be, e- even if they're actors, and so they're in the limelight all the time. Um, I understand that they are basically like hermits when they're off camera, you know, because they don't want to be on camera all the time. I completely understand that.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, I respect, like, a guy like Harrison Ford, you know, who doesn't want to answer certain questions, doesn't want to do any of that stuff, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's more enlightening to me than somebody that shares everything. I don't want to know everything, you know? Sometimes <laughs> you don't want to know what people are really like. I think when you become a fan of somebody, you want to – you, you, you
1: you want to like, like the your version of them? They're not
2: you. They probably yeah. they don't believe the things you believe. Why does everybody I don't know under I don't like this new thing in the world where everybody has to be like everybody else like you. Yeah. Like I can't be a fan of this guy if he's not exactly like me. Or he has to think the way I think. I don't understand that, and that's not how I am. So
1: Yeah. I mean I draw the line at, you know, Nazis,
2: but Right. Well that's that's a, that's a good line to have. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's a and it's such far fetched thing. You know, I that's such a small percentage. You know, thankfully, um, in the world, yeah. you know, like if somebody actually said that, I'd be like, oh, that's weird because I never, I've never personally met one. But um, it's just the other things like that. It's like uh it's really really sad that some people nowadays can't let people just be themselves, you know? And they, they get right. really angry if they have different opinions about stuff. Like anything, not just not just politics, it's anything. It's like they just yeah.
1: the illusion is shattered. And it's, especially yeah. if it's an actor because you're used to if you get caught up on them being stereotyped a certain way and then um you know, you find out that they're different or like people are really really um pissed at Gal Gadot's success in her casting as Wonder Woman because uh, of her opinions on Israel and Palestine. And it's like, you know, it's like, I understand where those fans are coming from. On the other hand, she did a magnificent job as Wonder Woman. Right,
2: she's awesome. And uh, I mean, it's a movie. You know what I'm saying? If you you require everybody to live by your standards when how do we even know your standards are right? You know, like it's all this. I see too much of it, but I think that's because I spend too much time reading comments and posts.
1: Yeah, but that's just it. I mean, I don't I I don't think she's advocating genocide and maybe I'm wrong and I haven't seen the right quotes from her or something. But I don't think she's I don't think she's as bad as, you know, freaking Trump, who now wants to launch a nuke at North Korea. Um, You know, like, who cares if there's millions of people? You know, that's how he, he, you know, it's dangerous enough when you have something like that in power. But somebody, like a celebrity, it's, they they have influence. They certainly have influence. But, uh, you know, I don't think we have to worry about her being near a button of any kind.
2: Well, everybody that is in Israel, though, they have to be in the army. So in Israel, you have to be in the army and stuff. And, you know, if that's that's your right, you don't have to go see a movie, though. See, this is the thing in America. You don't have to go see a movie. You don't right. have to like things. And I don't have to like the things that you like. You don't have to like exactly. the things that I hate. You know, you're free to... That's the one thing we have. You know, you just can't cause harm to others like that. You know, like as far as freedom of speech, you can't uh, inflict, you know, like hate speech and stuff or threaten other people. It's different. But I mean, as far as you know, making a big stand, I'm not going to see this movie. Well, you don't have to. I mean,
1: exactly. And that's how, that's how I feel. I'm like, well, if I don't like somebody, then I'll just be like, well, I'm not going to buy their comic anymore. I'm not going to, yeah,
2: that's fine. People said all kinds of things to the Emmys. I didn't watch. I didn't didn't watch them. So, I, I mean, that's just, you don't have to. It's not like you're forced to watch the things you don't. If you don't like what people are saying, you don't have to watch them. You don't have to go, you know, I mean, if, Somebody does something stupid and it offends you, then you don't have to go see their movies or buy their albums and stuff. I, I, it's just, this whole thing of you wanting people to behave the way you, you want, I mean, they don't have to, but in the other turn, you don't have to support them and stuff. You don't have to even listen to them. It's just weird. People think they have to listen to them. I don't, I don't know. Huh? Maybe that's just how yeah. to do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then, there, and because, maybe because there are stellar examples out there, like, um, so far <laughs> like chris evans really and um and steve stephen am A- I mean I just was at his uh, convention and I can't pronounce his last name green arrow guy
2: oh yeah, you know I, mean. yeah see, like, oh, he, I
1: think
2: it's Mel. I could be wrong.
1: amel okay um yeah like apparently they they are genuinely super wonderful people and chris evans on twitter is certainly wonderful um you know he calls out shit all the time he'll just be like you know especially politics like he's amazing and um, see, At the Chris, same
2: time, I want to see him punched as Captain America, because i Stark. <laughs> I'm Stark. See, I like Tony Stark, so I'm the rare team
1: But person. yeah, but um, but the other one, Chris Pratt, you know, same thing. Like they they go and visit kids in hospitals or, or whatever, and you know, it's like there because there are such good examples out there when someone behaves like an asshole. It's like it's like yeah, well, they are human, you know, they're not really not really the perfection of captain america or they're not really the perfection of wonder woman
2: yeah they're not their characters and and uh also uh you know ryan reynolds has a really dark sense of humor which everybody should know but then some people would get surprised by it they (laughs) create fantasies of what people are really like you know and you know and and it's it's changed a lot to where like you know, and I—it I, comes up like the self censorship. You know how things have gotten where people yeah. think people shouldn't be able to talk at all. Like it's crazy, and uh, that frightens me. You know, because uh, the just the way people are now is—it's uh, it's in a kind of a scary time of this weird censorship thing. I think we talked about this before. I'm having deja vu.
1: Probably, yeah, probably because it never seems to end. I know
2: we're back again, and I'm worried about censoring every podcast we will just see it change. They'll be
1: (laughs) this is yeah exactly. So hopefully, I don't lose sponsors over this, guys. Like uh, keep backing the show. Well, we're saying we love you. Here we are.
2: You want and if somebody upsets you, don't listen to them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know and. And it's great, like we, you know, we were talking about the mental health advocates and and, and people like um, Padalecki. Um, yeah, you know, there's a few of them out there. I, I think Glenn Close was um, advocating for mental health like decades ago because she has a sister with schizophrenia or oh, something like that.
2: Great. Yeah, I know Carrie Fisher was always big. You know, oh, yeah. very open. And that's the thing. I think we need inclusion. You know in this country as far as it not exclusion because that's worse we need included in society yeah Uh, you don't want to feel like you already feel you know uh, ostracized yeah so she was a great that's princess leia and she you know you know she fought it was bipolar disorder i believe um she fought and uh that's and look how many people she inspired every day, you know, and that became a way of uh, more people understanding it. So, you know, I try to look at those examples instead of a, a kickboxer who says it's not real.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so um, at the tail end of the show here, how are, are you feeling up for a mini tarot reading on the air?
2: Yes, it's almost October, right? Does it? it I know tarot readings don't have to be around Halloween, but...
1: No, they don't have to be. But some people um, do stick with a tradition where they only. Um, a, f- a friend of mine, actually, the, who originally was teaching me how to read, she uh, sh- she just really abided by the tradition where she read like only once a year, mm. and um, and that was you know her thing because it got to be too much for her <laughs> because she was she had been uh, like, you know, where people were constantly like asking her, and so she just limited herself that way. Um, but yeah, okay. So let's so let's see. Do you have any specific questions, any or areas of that, that you that you want? To...
2: Maybe uh, I get. Should we go business wise? I think sure yeah. we can do that. Yeah, I hope because then if you draw the death card, that won't affect me personally.
1: No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's the one I'm scared of. I haven't had a tarot card reading done since college, so this is a...
1: okay. Well, the death card is not the worst card of. Knock.
2: The year. Okay.
1: No. Now there are far worse. That's the one
2: they draw in movies, and it's like it
1: is. It's always the one that's that's drawn. Skeletons
2: um, on it. Yeah,
1: because I mean, it depends on the artist. It could be a really cool looking card. Um, All right, so I'm just going to do three so that we we keep it reasonable. And um, all right, so the first card is the reversed star. So um, I'm using a, a. Deck that I'm new with and trying to break in because I really really love the artwork. I think this is the Hansen Roberts deck. Um, so the reverse star is showing me that you were feeling really drained emotionally, like um, recent recently. And in fact, you had just you had talked about that um, because uh, it's a the picture that I'm looking at, it's a naked woman pouring pitchers of water into the ground. Ah. And um, so she's upside down with the reversed card. So instead of the water representing emotions and being lost, um, it's, you know, it's reversed. And at that, that time, is over for now and past. Um, and the star is also about, you know, the stars go through birth cycles and death cycles, just like... Um, you know, as we know of science. <laughs> they, so um, the star at the end of its cycle is going to be a sign of rebirth, too. That's and cool. and then, yeah, so then the next one is the reversed four of cups. And this one is actually nice to see reversed because otherwise it's way too depressing forward. Um, the way that I read it. Other people might read it differently. So to me, this is showing that you are actually more awake and alert with offers or um, if it's a business deal or any kind of offer coming your way, you're more aware of and paying attention to the details instead of ignoring the fact because this is showing a guy who already has three full cups and being offered a fourth But he's ignoring the three that he has. So so to me, this is saying that, you know, you're aware of all of your options instead of, um, you know, maybe missing the boat on one of them. And because it's a CUPs card and related to water, it's also more about the emotional connection to any contracts or offers that are coming up. Hmm. So... The third one is the reverse three of pentacles, which is coins in some decks, but they're drawn as pentacles here. And so, uh, if we read this as a, an upcoming future, it would show that you are able to take a break from the hard work and Hopefully you will be able to enjoy a break because as you were saying, you are somewhat addicted to working very hard and because you don't like the down part. So with the three, in order to handle that break, uh, you can share your knowledge of your craft. It's saying that's what to do when you are in between projects. Huh. So, so there you go.
2: Talking on shows like this.
1: Talking on shows like this about about hey, your craft. Wow! How to how to make so art. I handle
2: it. Look at that. So far, is that everything? Is there more cards?
1: That's all three. If you it's want, good. you can do more.
2: That was good.
1: I uh, and, and what I'll do is I'll take a picture of them and send them to you. That was
2: really dead on. I think I'm always dead on with these things. I don't know what that means. I think that's open. Maybe-
1: <laughs> you are open. You are you know. That's why I said you're like a kindred spirit because you you always you just have that warmth. Well
2: that's good. I, I like those cards, and you didn't get the death
1: one. No, no no. And like I said, the oh. death one's not not the the death one's not death, it's sort of like it's also a rebirthing card, it just means change. Ah. Um but the tower card that and the devil one? The te- <laughs> yeah, to me the worst cards are the tower card and the devil card. Um and uh because the devil card just means there's like an asshole around you. Um, I'm glad I didn't get that one. Yeah, so you didn't get that one, and the in the tower, the tower card is like absolute utter destruction and despair. So to me, that's far worse than the death card.
2: Jesus, that would have been bad for the business. Yeah. You just got all. Can you get three towers, or just one? There's just one.
1: No, there's only one. Okay. There's just the one. Yeah, because like, yeah, because it's um, there's the the regular um suit of cards you know where there's four suits and then there's the the major arcana and so the tower is just part of the the majors where they're individual and unique
2: i had a really good reading so yeah and you offer those right yeah yeah people should sign up i got a good one
0: yeah
1: see that so i would like to do that too in um you know for october oh yeah or, you know get get more of them out there for people. Like and that's and you know, and I it's one of those things where for Patreon backers, it's like if you ever want one, just let me know. If you've been you know, you're supporting me, I'll I'll give you a little treat like that. That's fine. And I'll just do it through email. I mean I can just you know, like I said, I just take the picture and then I'll send you my interpretation and that's awesome.
2: It was I enjoyed it. I I was I was terrified you would pull up one that had music with it that would be like dun 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 <laughs> spooky soundtrack. Yeah. The one that says quit.
1: Oh, no. This one is that you have expertise to share. <laughs> Did you see, though, the the speaking of spooky music, the the little mini trailer that Thomas Boatwright and I made? We, we made a trailer for Misty Murder because he actually thought, had the forethought, I don't know why, this is brilliant, to record the like, his screen while he was making oh. the art. It was so cool. And so he's like, oh, I can send it to you. I'm like, oh, awesome. So I picked out, like, some spooky music and, um, you know, like, made little graphics and stuff. So it came out really cool. I have to check
2: that out. That sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was super fun. And, um, you know, it's like the things that you can, that can entertain me that are, like, a minute long. I don't know how he recorded it. I don't know what software he used. Probably some Apple thing for
2: all I know. Well yeah, my iPad I can uh I can record making some stuff. Maybe that's why he did it or he had uh on his computer he had um uh, people have these streaming things, it's pretty amazing. I don't get into it on my computer.
1: Yeah, 'cause he was he was able to um, you know, like I said, he speed it up so it was a minute long. I don't know how long it actually took him. Knowing him, it probably only took him an hour or two hours. <laughs>
2: wow. That's awesome. I'm gonna look it up.
1: Cool. Well, Howie. Um, so before I let you go, or um, is there a paranormal Kickstarter for October?
2: No, I, you get a break. We just—I okay. like to only do one a year or one every other year.
1: <laughs> I okay. I can't.
2: I can't handle it. Uh, okay. But as of now, no. But I am. Uh, I'm going to release something. I'm going to plan on releasing something fun unless I'm really go insane with the float stuff. Um, so I, cause I'm working on Terranormal uh, the next story and uh I think I have 20 pages drawn just okay. pencils, you know? Um, so there'll be something on October Terranormal related and plus I'll be at near Comic-Con, but no, you don't have to worry about Kickstarter. Kickstarter in May for float was, we're all good now. Um, <laughs> Okay. I'm going to focus on mailing the stuff out. That's another thing. Like, I can't have another one without you know, mailing the stuff off first. I like to deliver and then take a break.
1: Okay. That sounds good. So where can people follow you other than to New York Comic Con? Uh, How can they follow you online for news and
2: stuff? You can follow me at, at h c n o e l at Twitter, and uh, Howie Noel at uh, Instagram. That's a good one. And also, if you find me on Facebook... You can add me if you can spell my last name. It's like a Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. In order to get me, you'd have to figure it out. And uh, I think that's that's pretty much everything.
1: That's most of them because then there will be a bio link somewhere. Yeah,
2: and we have the website Your Glass Ceiling for float and anxiety, and there's some good great stuff on there which updates constantly. And uh, and then terranormal.com. And for art, hcnull.com.
1: Very, very cool. Well, I'm always excited to have you on the show. Thank
2: you. I, I, I love coming on.
1: <laughs> um, so uh, my cat went back to sleep, and I saw that. I saw, was it Hogan in the background? I can see on your webcam there.
2: Yeah. He's, well, it was Mula probably. Mula's was on watching. the floor. you see
1: her? Yeah. Yeah. I saw. I was like, oh, I see Doggy doing downward dog. It's so cute. <laughs> they do um, it so,
2: constantly.
1: Yeah. So he looks sacked out, too. So um, I'm going to go take some Benadryl. I and, and probably sack out myself. So, um, you guys don't forget to check out all of my books like the Pharaoh Weathers Mysteries, Misty Murder, which is brand new, or the fun semi-autobiographical but filled with fantasy and bullshit fiction blog about the cat called Adventures with Gus, which is right, um, on amberonmask.com so you can see all of the tales of the Winchester Naboo Detective Agency. Uh, Instagram is a good place to follow for that stuff that's filled with cat pictures and stories. And that's at amberonmask on Instagram. And on Twitter, it's Elizabeth Amber because I just have to be different on every single site. <laughs> um, So, once again, thanks to Howie. Thank you guys for sponsoring the show at Patreon. And um, go pick up Float at New York Comic Con. Yay! Yay!